Welcome to Ridge to Ridge Outdoors podcast. Based out of Southern California, we talk hunting, tips and tactics, the outdoors, and everything in between to help our fellow hunters find success. Brought to you by Victory Archery, the carbon arrow experts. Supported by schoutdoors.com, the largest Southern California hunting forum. Sponsored by Archery Geeks Custom Strings. Use promo code RIDGE15 to save 15% off your order. Brian, I think it's been two weeks, dude, since we uh, got the last episode put out. Yep, sounds about right. And uh, for the listeners, it, it's uh, I try to I try to do this. I know this will probably be the second time uh, recording with our guest, but uh, I stay in contact with them all the time because they're our number one partner. They've been with me since the get go, uh, since Patrick, since John, and now with Brian. They've always had my back. It's uh, Victory Archery. And I got Devin on the other line. Devin, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Not much, dude. It's it's cool to have you back on. I know we've recorded one time, but me and you talk on the phone a handful of times uh, a month and text back and forth, just kind of keeping in touch and checking in and whatnot. And, you know, just it's good to have you back on, bud. Yeah, drooling over the trail camera pictures that you sent. Oh, yeah, man. See? <laughs> <laughs> ain't that uh, ain't that something? That's that. Man, I live for that. It's that pre pre season scouting, and um, it's like Christmas every day. Every time you go change it, like change a card or check a cam or whatever you do, you know, it's like absolutely man, the anticipation. It's great, you know. It is, man. Until that opening day, and you're like, "Where'd they go?" I, well, that's exactly what happens. It was funny. We, uh, me and Brian, this past weekend, we were down shooting at Alpine Shoot. Brian, where was it? Like the Rod and Gun Club? Uh, Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club. Yeah. So I've never. I think I'd shot a gun there a long, long time ago, right? One of my first rifles. But other than that, I didn't know they had an archery range. And we went down there, and um, we were talking from with Bruce from the Bow and Arrow Shop, man, and and he's like, "Are you gonna?" You know, we have a couple different bucks running through there, and there's a there's a few smaller ones, but we got a really nice three by three running through there. And uh, he's like, "Are you gonna shoot one of those three that those smaller forks?" You know, knowing that that three by three is in there. And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I'll shoot a doe, man." Yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, I will." Because the second those deer shed their velvet, they're gone. Like they. It, everything changes with them so right now it's great Devin like we got these deer on camera and you know big bucks big local bucks and we're all pumped but man I swear it and it's not a pressure thing that they'll leave I because the area that I have that I have a tree stand hung man there's like it's public land so obviously you can't count everybody out but dude I have never not one time seen anyone in there it's it's such a pain in the ass to get in it's not I don't anyways long story short they're gonna sh- they're gonna bounce when the shed co- or when their velvet comes off their antlers, you know, and and it's probably gonna happen in between now and the start of season. So, you think they're real thick in there? Um, no, it's really not, bud. It's it's pretty open. It's um, we're, we're in a canopy, put it that way. So okay, cool. Surrounding it, yeah. I you know to be honest, I don't exactly know. I know which way they're coming from, but I don't know their direct trails that coming in on and what they got to go through right. to get in there and whatnot, but. It uh, it just amazes me that this area is holding such good deer, and it it's super cool and exciting. But like I said, from like literally today, what's today, the eleventh? Eleventh. Yeah. So today to the to the fifth, I think is the season opener. Man, everything's gonna be different. I hope oh, not, yeah. but I assume it's going to be. Cross my fingers right yeah. now, it doesn't change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be in the stand on the opener for sure, but you never know. You know, that's just how it works. They're pretty much coming in on a string daily. 
Yeah, they Almost are. Daily. Wow. They, it's yeah. pretty intense and, and got my hopes up. But you know how if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. You know, and that's kind of how I look at it. So I'm just kind of staying humble about it. And, you know, obviously we're talking about it now, but every once in a while I got to let it out, you know. You got to, man. Just don't don't give away all the secrets the way they are, I guess. Just... Oh, absolutely not. No. You know, absolutely not. You got any trail cameras out right now? I don't, actually. I don't. It's, that's one one area that I've totally failed. And, and I just have never gotten into the trail camera game. And I always love seeing trail camera pictures. And um, I don't know why I haven't. I guess, like, a part of me, I think, has been like, oh, I'm going to do it, like, the hard way. And I'm going to look at the signs and, like, the tracks and everything. Right. Just, Something about that sort of uh, pursuit is kind of, I don't know. I like i like the feel, but it also hasn't yielded me uh, any success. So right. that tells you how, you know, how that's going. Well, um, it, <laughs> dude, it's just one of them things, man. You got to do it. Matter of fact, I got a, I got a couple cuttybacks that are handful of years old. I think they're probably three, two or three years old. I mean, they're brand new. I mean, they are. But you know what? I, I'm going to. I'll get them down to you, man. You can go out and play with them. You hunt here local, Devin? Yeah, no? yeah. Um, I do. That's, that's really this is where I started bowing. Um, is is Southern California D sixteen? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. it's I mean, a, it's a grand. It's tough, man. Yeah, it's it's a great. I mean, there's tons of really awesome land and um, a lot to explore and really cool places to hunt. Um, but you definitely got to put in the the work and you got to get a little bit lucky and be be good and all that stuff time and luck do you, do you have any uh out-of-state hunts planned for this year i do actually that's um that's what we've been really gearing up for and i've i've kind of shamefully haven't done nearly as much as i do every year locally because uh one we just had a baby so that's oh, been yeah. kind of driving the ship a little bit yep but um yeah, my wife and I are about to head out to Wyoming in like less than two weeks. Okay. And we've got a uh, antelope tag, so we have antelope, buck, and doe tag. Each of us. I went there last year and I just had a doe tag, but this year I got. We both have um, buck and doe tags that we drew. So archery. Archery, yeah. yeah. Um, super, super excited about that. We're gonna rent an RV, drive out there with the baby. Um, go chase antelope around for a couple weeks and uh yeah just baby's getting started young what's that baby's getting started young <laughs> exactly man i mean we're we can't stop what oh, we're yeah. doing just because we have a kid and she's she's gonna tag along and i'm sure well i hope she loves it well, she will. like oh, we yeah. do but uh yeah. we'll, we'll we'll figure it out you know it'll it'll be good and yeah dude i'll tell you right now man that, that's something i envy like um like, my old lady would probably tell me, like, if she was on here right now, she would probably say, you do not want me in a blind with you. You know, like, that's <laughs> my old lady probably, and, you know, to be honest with you, she's not into bugs. She doesn't like being uncomfortable. You know, I mean, who's into bugs, right? But you know what I mean? Like, the tolerance for an individual sitting in a tree stand or sitting in a blind with mosquitoes and flies, is it's got to be up there. So, And she has no tolerance for critters that fly and crawl and all that kind of stuff. So... She's probably right about that, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I, I always want her to experience what it's like, right? 
and, yeah. and for your, you and your family to go out and be able to experience those things. Yeah. That's cool, man. And like I said, it's, I kind of envy it, but at the same time, like I could just only imagine, you know, sitting in eight antelope hunting in a blind next to a water hole, sitting in 85 degree heat bugs flying. You know what I mean? Like it's a cow trough, you know, like what do you think's going to be flying around? So uh, it, it would be hard keeping her quiet and whatnot, but that's super cool. You're going to go out there. You're going to, you're going to, you got it done last year out there, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got it done last year and um, last year was super, uh, I wouldn't say frustrating, but just, um, it was like, I was getting opportunities every single day at bucks and I didn't have a tag. Right. So I'm sure this year I won't see a single buck, but, um, that's just the way it goes. That's how it happens, bro. So it took, it took me a while to fill the tag last year. It was like, it was a struggle. I was doing spot and stock for a while too. Cause, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of antelope out there and it's, um, it's really fun to chase them around. And it's one of those things where you can get like, you know, four, five stocks in a day, easy. Yeah. Um, and then if you blow all of them the next day, you come back to the same spot and you can do it again. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like deer hunting where it's like, you know, yeah, they catch a whiff of you one time and they're never coming back. They're the gun uh, there. Dude, it's crazy. You, you hit it right on the head, too, because there's a – for the listeners that are on YouTube all the time, Onyx Hunts puts out videos, kind of like how Go Hunt does. And uh, Onyx Hunts did another Anyone's Hunt series, and it's – I think it's like Wyoming – Montana, or, I saw that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, so it was Montana Speed Goat, so basically antelope, right? And and like you said, man, they got they were getting like, man, like 10 stocks a day, you know? And they're, it's public land. I mean, they're using Onyx Maps, and they're doing the checkerboard thing, but still, I mean, I, I want to do it. I I mean. Sounds like a blast. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine that? Like, you I mean, always want to hunt antelope. It, yeah, it's like over the counter in most of these. Uh, I, I think that video, if I saw the same one that you did, um, that was all over the counter. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Maybe they maybe it was draw, but a lot of these places is pretty easy to draw. Um, a lot of public land. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a blast. And, um, I mean, antelope's my favorite wild game meat by far. Uh, after, after trying it last year, I could not believe how good it is. Oh, so I yeah. mean, it's just phenomenal. I, so I'm, I'm all about it now. <laughs> I have never had it. And, um, from what I hear and like, I'm a big YouTube guy, I like watching it, right? Like I like watching barbecuing. I like watching Traeger grills. I like watching, uh, wild game cooks. Like I'm just a big YouTuber and, and they say like all the stuff that I've seen on the whole antelope game is that like, you just got to strip that hide off them right away. Yeah, that's exactly it. Cause they run really hot. Their, their core temperature, I think is like 108. Wow. So yeah, if you crazy. don't, if you don't get to them, gut them, get the hide off, um, if you don't manage it well, yeah, it's not going to be nearly that good. And you hear some people say like, oh, antelope, no, it's terrible. It's stinky speed goats. Like, but that's just probably because they didn't either, um, get on them quick enough or they didn't, you know, do a good job right. as far as just, you know, managing the, the harvest. And that's, that's a huge element to it. But, uh, no, they're they're incredible, man. Hopefully, hopefully, if we have some success after this, we'll have to uh, link up for a barbecue. Without a doubt, uh, dude. Without a, a doubt, deer season barbecue or something like that up on the mountain. Absolutely, sounds amazing. I uh, speaking of hunting, I'm leaving on the thirteenth. No, I'm leaving tomorrow night. I'm Tomorrow's leaving, Wednesday. So, yeah, so I'm leaving tomorrow night. night. I'm I'm driving. I'm gonna drive halfway to. Uh, I'm actually gonna probably go stop in Mesquite get a hotel room or St. George, depending on time, 
get a hotel room, and then wake up on Thursday morning and drive the rest of the way up to my buddy's house up uh, by Salt Lake, right? And then we're going to be backpack hunting um, for, shoot, I don't know, close to eight, nine days, I think. So I'm not going to, I'm not scheduled to be back to work until the 24th. So, I mean, that just tells you that, you know, season opens up on the 15th and, you know, to the 24th, that's quite a bit. It's nine days of hunting, you know, or eight days and a day of driving. So I'll be up there. I'm going to be scouting on Friday. It's going to be super cool. My buddy's been scouting hard. He's been sending me pictures of bucks and stuff. And and he's like, man, there's some big bucks up here. It's going to be great because he's a hardcore hunter. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. You know, I'm super stoked. But believe me, Devin. Man, you put a good forky in front of me. That that forky thump, man. That I love it. <laughs> you know, so I, yes, I'm sir, not picky. Man. You know, give me both. Yeah, I, in the freezer. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's cool. It's fun. It's a pretty easy hunt to get. So it's not like it's some light. You know, once in a lifetime holdout style hunt. It's go up, have a good time, try to try to shoot the biggest deer you can, and make sure you go home with meat, right? So for me, I, I'm just excited to be going. I haven't taken a day off work for shit since january 2nd i think was my official day back anyways i've been going all year just grinding at work you know so to have this time it's super cool and then uh you know we get back and be hunting locally and then in november i'm running out to arizona for a coos deer hunt which is super fun right on yeah yeah and uh brian you're going to arizona in two weeks i leave on the 26th yeah, he's twenty six. He's going to Arizona to chase bucks, and then they're going to do some elk scouting. His buddy, his buddy drew an elk tag, a late season cow tag. Yeah, late season unit one cow tag. And then they're going to be out there poking around, you know. So it, 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 yeah. And the 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 one thing that me and Brian both in the hat, or me Brian and you all have in common, is that we're going to be shooting vaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be shooting vaps. Brian's shooting vaps. I don't know what you're shooting. What what kind of arrow are you taking with you, man? Actually, um, I'm probably gonna shoot a couple arrows this year, but I'm 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 doing a a change up for just for this hunt because um, like usually I'll run like a a rip TKO is like kind of my go to arrow. Right. I shot baps for a while, um, but for this hunt, I'm actually gonna be shooting uh, a special arrow that we did for backcountry hunters and anglers. So I don't know if you're, are you guys familiar with them? Yeah. 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 I I get the emails and all that stuff from them every now and then. They got some good stuff. Yeah. So like for BHA, we, we, uh, we sponsor them. Um, well, you know, we like donate to them essentially because that's a nonprofit. So we make an arrow, um, that, uh, they can sell on their website and just generate revenue and, and, you know, fundraise for them. Right. So we just give them the arrow for free. Uh, so they can use that as a revenue source. But what the arrow is, it's, uh, it's like their public landowner series. And, uh, you know, I did the graphics for it. So I'm kind of like have a close, close connection to the project. And it, it just kind of finally has come through and they finally got them for sale on their website. But, oh, wow. Uh, so it's a V4 arrow, it's a standard diameter. And, um, you know, it's, it's nothing like super heavy. I think my arrow weight is going to be right about like 400 grains. Okay. And usually I, I run a heavier, a little bit heavier setup. Usually I'm in the small to micro diameter range. Right. Um, but they're looking to promote this arrow. And uh, since it's brand new, they don't have any content or anything. So a couple of the guys reached out and they're like, hey, do you have any pictures, content, anything like that? Um, and I told them no. But 
I'm going on a family hunt, so. So you're going to rock I it. will shoot these arrows, and I'm going to hopefully get some content for you guys. There you go. Dude, there you go. Yeah, I, so. All the listeners. Anals especially, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're a little bit softer targets. So I'm not as worried about penetration and whatnot. Oh, okay. Okay. So, well, that's, that's good. You know, for all our listeners, they need to go over there. What's the website? It's, uh, I think it's backcountryhunters.org. Right. Uh, but if you search backcountry hunters and anglers, they'll pop up and you can, you can check them out and, uh, super cool organization. I mean, they just, they're all about, uh, public land access to hunting and fishing and, um, you know, it's a, it's a nonprofit, but they do good stuff. There's a lot of good guys that work over there. So right we try on. to support them and, and their efforts and conservation and all that stuff. And this is just the one small project. So for, for antelope, I'm going to shoot that arrow. And then I'm probably going to go back to my rip TKOs. I imagine for, um, deer season, I might even try and snag a few BAP SS arrows. Oof. If, uh, if I can get some, they're, they're in high demand. Right. Everybody, everybody wants them. We're making a ton of these things and they're just going out the door. I bet. So quickly. I mean, listen, man, uh, you know, I know you kind of touched on it. Um, I kind of want to talk about it, but I, I want to kind of push it off a little bit because I want to talk about the VAP a little bit and, um, just explain to everybody that listens. If you're not shooting VAPs, you're last flat out because, uh, I mean, first-hand accounts is micro diameter arrow i mean we, we're over here at the range we're shooting these tournaments and and 3d shoots and i don't know what's your buddy shooting those uh oh stri- gold tip airstrikes yeah these airstrikes man and they swearing by them dude i'm getting like 25 percent more penetration out of these vaps than those things and those are i think those are 0.204s i think 206 or 204 something yeah like in in these micro diameter vaps man i tell you what devin dude you i <laughs> Once I got turned on to him from from John years ago, I I will not shoot anything else. So that's why I'm super excited about the VAP SSs and that you know you know what screw it, Just go ahead and tell us a little bit about them, man. <laughs> All right, you know can't keep the can't keep it under the lid. I know, too right? Long. But I, I'm with you on the VAP. So I mean that's that's literally been the arrow that's put us on the market. It's it's hard to top that arrow. So, hundred um, percent. That's that's been huge for victory and and you know i think a lot of the people shooting it have the same response as you so but um so the VAP SS is same diameter so micro 166 uh what it is is it's kind of the next generation of uh an arrow that we launched a couple years ago called the extortion which is a carbon fiber stainless steel infused arrow right and uh, you know we wanted just, just trying to make them even stronger, even more durable, um, accurate, everything like that. So the extortion is a 204 diameter, and it's got stainless steel woven into the carbon. And that um, just adds a ton of durability. But that arrow is pretty heavy, so it's for kind of like a smaller subset of guys that just want a really, really heavy shaft. For a lot of guys that were like, well, this is awesome, but we want to see the extortion in a micro diameter like the VAP. Right, and we want it in a one thousand straightness because the extortion is only offered in a three. Right. So <clears throat> next year the VAP SS was born, and that's what we did. We made it lighter, smaller diameter, and straighter, and it's just like the response has been insane. I mean, yeah. people are like, we literally cannot. I mean, we've got orders all over the country for this thing, and we've just and we've been making a ton of them. But just this year in general, with uh, coronavirus and everything, I don't know what's what's going on but 
the amount of arrows that we're we're making and selling is just astronomical i mean it's we've gone we've just depleted our inventory like pretty much every time we get arrows made right. they're gone yeah um, we're, we're selling probably like triple what we did last year so yeah good good problem to have but um yeah the vap ss's are definitely the hot ticket item at the moment it is without a doubt a good problem to have you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> put it this way. The more people that are shooting them, the, that means the more people are talking about them, more people posting them on social media. It's just growing victory, right? I mean, it, it, that's the end game, you know. I I, I can't wait. I'll be honest with you. I can't wait to get my hands on them. I, you know, one of the reasons why I didn't shoot the extortion last year was because I my bow set up for a micro, and um, I'm a big fan of micros, right? I like that thin, that thin shaft. It's just – the penetration is unbelievable. Um, they fly. The, the wind The wind push is not there. Like, I mean, obviously, wind does affect them, but not – like, I, I swear, you know, there's a difference between the TKOs and the VAPs and the wind, in my opinion. You know, I know guys that shoot them, and um, – oh, I got to get my dog, bud. Sit, dog. Sit. Relax. She's all getting crazy right now. Um, <laughs> you know, and obviously, when you're shooting 20 yards, you don't see it. Right, but when you're bombing arrows at the range at 80 to 100 yards, you see it. You know, I mean, 60 yards, you see it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I see way less wind drift with a micro diameter than anything else. And that's why when the VAP SS came out, and you know, we were talking about it, I was just like, soon as I can buy these things, you let me know. <laughs> you know, because <Yeah. laughs> I want them. I, I I really do. How did um? Let's talk about the the manufacturing of them a little bit. Right. So the extortion, is it made? It's not made the same way, correct? Or it is? It's, it's like the same concept, right? So the extortion was just like the first, first of its kind, never been done in the industry for the archery industry, but also like in the materials uh, industry is pretty new. So, you know, we're owned by Mitsubishi and we have access to a lot of different um, technology and resources to be able to make the arrows that we do. And, um, you know, our office, we actually share with uh, Mitsubishi Golf or Mitsubishi Chemical Golf. And so that's, you know, there's, there's a lot of technology that, that we trade back and forth between Aldola and Mitsubishi Chemical Golf Shaft. But um, this is something completely new. So, you know, this was sort of like uh, something we've been working on for a while, brought to market, found the, the materials and, and figured out how to make it work. But the extortion was the first, first of its kind so the weave the stainless mesh that we use is actually thicker on the extortion than it is on the VAP SS so it took us a while to get the technology to be able to make it in the micro diameter right. um, and to make it straighter and lighter and strong you know just as strong right so the cool thing though is that you know that arrow has actually inspired some technology for the golf division and their MMT uh, metal mesh technology golf shafts are are blowing up as well. They're they're really popular, and they've had, a, had an incredible response. So, um, kind of one of those examples of how you know we're able to trade the technology back and forth. And, and the grand majority of the time, it's you know we're taking concepts from them that they've developed and, and proven, and, and using it in our arrows. Right. Because uh, it's all carbon tubes. But this is a cool example of something that we you know, kind of saw for archery, but then they also found some, some really valuable uh, aspects for golf. 
and they've they've adapted it and it, and it seems to be working really well yeah it, it to me it uh i really did want to shoot the extortion i really did you know you always hear about it as far as like uh what are, what are they i don't want to say like full metal jacket but you always hear about like easton has like a what is that one that it's like an in, what yeah, the FMJ series? Yeah, the FMJ. That the, Yeah, they have all that stuff. And then you always think to yourself, like, what is that going to do? Is it going to, you know, the spine is the spine, right? Like, you have a 300 spine arrow. It's still a 300 spine shaft. But, like, in my mind, when I think they're stealing it, like, I think it's a stiffer shaft. Like, I think it it's more of a, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not a physicist, bro. So I don't know how this stuff works. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems. Well, that's the, it's crazy, yeah, just to get. You, you think so, right? In your mind, you're like, this has got to be, this can't be as flexible. Right. Um, but that's the trick of the arrow is that, you know, you got to hit those spine numbers so that they tune out of people's bows. So that's where the, the stainless weave comes in and just like the amount of plies and wraps that it's used and the combination with the carbon is really, really precise. So you can still get that, you know, 250, 300, 350. Um, so you're going to get the same tunability and performance, but... Yeah the added strength Correct. and the difference is that with the steel since it's got a higher yield point than aluminum and since it's woven into the carbon you don't have the same issues with the material wanting to bend stay bent right. um you know it's just much more resistant to that um than like an aluminum right. uh, carbon hybrid so well that that was me and me and brian we were down there at that shoot this past weekend and we were talking about it and and he had actually said like i wonder like if you were to hit you know, these foam targets, you know, if you hit them quartering away, if you kick an arrow sideways coming out of your bow, your arrow's not flying 100% true, right? So with a carbon arrow, if you hit a target that's not 100% true, the arrow flexes, like, quite a bit. Like, I've seen it on slow-mo, right, on, like, oh, yeah. X amount of frames per second. So the thought to me is that, you know, on an aluminum arrow, when that happens, dude, you pull your arrow out, half the time it's bent. You know, it could be bent on such a micro level, you don't even know it, but then you, you release it again out of your bow and you watch your fletchings just do a figure eight the whole way down to the target. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, sometimes even just pulling them out of the target. Um, exactly. It's possible. You know, if it's really it's tough in there and someone goes up and pulls your arrow for you and they're not careful and they're wrenching on this thing sideways, it's definitely possible to get an aluminum arrow to take a set. Um, and then, and you, like you said, you might not even notice it. Right. You know, it's just one of them things. You then you don't notice it, and you're shooting a crooked arrow. But that being said, you're saying that the steel has more resiliency then, essentially, than aluminum, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's just the the nature of the material. Um, just steel by by its properties has has a higher yield point. Um, and that yield point's what's you know allowing it to bend and stay bent. Right. So you know, like aluminum, fiberglass, even a lot of people don't know this, but like fiberglass has got that same memory problem. So you know, you shoot that. And um, it's going to bend and stay bent. Oh, really? Um, but you're not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's why carbon is is such a good material for arrows, um, and that's why this is is pretty cool and it's pretty new. And and to be honest, you know, I would say like really innovative, um, which is just kind of like what Victory's about. You know, we're all bow hunters and target shooters and everything, and we're all looking to kind of see what's the next best thing and what can we think of. How do we improve on what we've already done and you know, the VAP's a really popular arrow, but this is like, let's take the VAP and let's make it, you know, even stronger. Yeah. So that was the goal, and I, and I think that was what we accomplished. It seems to me to be a hit, you know. 
like I said, I can't wait to get my hands on them. You know, I, I'm not a big, I don't really think to myself as like one that would want to switch arrows mid season or leading up to a season. But let me tell you something, man, if you called me tomorrow and said, Hey man, go ahead and give us your credit card number and here you go. <laughs> I, I'd do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll pick them up when I get back from Utah. But you know, that being said, they're, they're super light, aren't they? They're like, um, they're pretty close. So they're right around where the TKO is. So they're, they're, they're heavier than your VAP. Yeah. But they're right at about the TKO. So the TKO is just a little bit heavier than the regular VAP. Right. Um, but as arrows go, they're pretty light. Um, you know, they're nothing for like having the steel in there. They're, they're actually really surprisingly light. So they're pretty much like a standard carbon arrow. Yeah. You know, your, your build is going to be somewhere in that. If you just keep it standard, you're going to be somewhere in that like 420, yeah, 450 range. I was looking at the uh, the chart and um, my VAPs, because they're 300 spine, I think they're like 9 point, I don't know, 2 grains per inch or something like that. They're, they're like 9 something, I do believe. And I want to mm-hmm. say the SS is like 10, <laughs> 10 point something. You're a 300, you said? Yeah, I'm a 300 spine. And I, yeah, and I, the VAP? The VAP, the 300 actually jumps up a little bit in weight. So the, the 300 is 8.7. Okay. So then that's what it was. So it's 8.7 grains per inch with the 300 spine. Yep. And that's compared to 9.9 for the VAP SS. Yeah. So you're just like, oh, you know, almost a grain per inch heavier. Yeah, yeah. See, so th- I guess that's what I, I had my numbers mixed up. But see, that I would I would totally trade that off because yeah, – It's not even too bad. No, it's not. It's, it's real close. And I typically – because I only shoot a – I only shoot a hundred grain broadhead. I only shoot a hundred grain uh, broadhead, right? So I shoot a rage, and um, being a hundred grains, you know my arrows are coming right about that four twenty. You know that four twenty range is right where it's coming in for me. So to me to think, oh, okay, I'll add, I don't know, thirty grains. I don't know what the collar actually weighs though. The new collar on the SS because it's different. It's not the same one. Yeah, it's, so it's our new Shock TL, which is a 50 grain, which comes standard with it. And then we've got 75 and 95 yeah. um, options as well. Which which one are you shooting on your VAPs? I just shoot the standard. I, it, whatever, I think it's a 30 grain. Isn't that what it is? Uh, 35. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a 35 grain. So I'm getting 15 extra grains there, and I grab, I would say – 30, so 45. Man, I'm going to be shooting like a 450 grain arrow if i was to shoot that ss honestly that's like 450 is is really where that's where i'm shooting with my rib tkos i think i'm like 460 and i just feel like that's that gives you enough momentum to to punch through anything like yeah. if you were to hit a shoulder if you were to hit ink i mean it's it's absolutely um it's it, you know it's, it's a sledgehammer so you can go more than that for sure i know there's guys that don't like to shoot under 500 but for me then then you just lose a lot as far as your distance approximation and your speed and you know that mid 400 range is definitely a sweet spot for right for just kind of the best of best of both worlds in that regard yeah man and you know what talking about that dives perfectly into the question that we have so brian was coming over and and he hit up one of our buddies travis uh you know travis from sd muley's Oh, yeah, of course, man. Yeah, so he hit him up, and, and he was saying, dude, we're getting ready to record with Victory, man. What's the deal? Shoot it, bro. It ties right in. So uh, Travis asked, he's been hearing a lot of people going to 550-plus grain arrows, and he wanted to know what were the 
advantages and disadvantages of hunting with a heavier arrow as in comparison to a 430 grain arrow? It's just, it's like the question. It's a great question. So <laughs> Perfect, Travis. Trav. <laughs> shout out to Travis. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's all personal preference is my, is like my really like my end answer. But, um, the advantage of going with a heavy arrow, let's just say, you know, over 500 grains is that one, your bow is a lot quieter and there's less wear and tear on your bow because there's more energy transferred out of the bow and into the arrow. Right. So you won't change your strings and cables as much. Um, you're, it's just quieter. It's just better in the hand. It feels better to shoot hands down. Right. Um, as far as performance of the arrow, just a lot more momentum because with that weight, when you hit the target with all that weight behind the arrow, it's going to keep driving through. So you'll get more pass throughs to get better penetration, better likelihood of punching through a shoulder. Uh, that's where a lot of the guys that are going with the real heavy setups, that's what they're looking for, right? They want something, if they hit the shoulder, that it's going to punch through both shoulders, you know? Right. Um, and, and that deer is not going to go anywhere. Right. So that's kind of the philosophy behind it. I, I think for a lot of guys, the drawback to shooting a really heavy arrow is that unless you're, unless you're shooting like 20, 30, 40 yards max um, and your shooting lanes are real defined, like a lot of your uh, whitetail hunters, mm-hmm. your, your distance approximation with a real heavy arrow like that just goes, it gets so much harder because you've got a much more, you've got a greater arc on the, the flight. So trying to, you know, pin gap and let's say you got a fixed pin set up and the deer comes in at, 30 and then walks out to 50 and and you you're trying to just track that and put the arrow in the right spot your odds of missing with a real heavy arrow as far as your distance just go up the heavier it is the better chance you're going to miss when it comes to distance right unless you're just like have it super dialed or you're amazing at judging distance so you know the flatter the arrow flies the the easier that becomes. Absolutely. It, it, dude, it's one of those things. It's like the old adage, like what's better, speed or weight? You know, like some guys swear by speed. Like, oh, you want a flat shooting? It, I mean, this goes, it, it, it goes with anything, right? It's like when you're shooting a gun, some guys want a real fast, light grained bullet. And some guys want, don't care about the speed. They want an accurate, solid thud when they hit right so they want a heavier grain bullet you know what i mean so it's like yep. when it comes to arrows you got to really find that sweet spot i know that that 420 mark for me is pretty good but i without a doubt have no problem picking up you know 50 more grains i wouldn't i wouldn't think twice of that i mean i got a 31 inch draw you know like i shoot 70 pounds i'm gonna get every ounce or every possible foot per second out of my bow so if i threw 50 pound or 50 grains more on my arrow it's not going to affect me as much as it would affect someone with a 27 inch draw you know what i mean yeah that that's exactly you hit the nail on the head there because you know if you're for someone shooting a light draw weight bow or you've got a short draw length um and you're struggling to get the 
the speed up that you need, then yeah, shooting a lighter arrow can really help. Um, and shooting something that's really heavy, you know, you might struggle as far as just like lobbing them in there. Right. Um, still possible, still a good strategy, right? You know, you're still going to get the momentum, but you may find that that challenge is really tough. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I tend to lean on the heavy side of things uh, just because if you shoot an arrow that's too light, just the bow doesn't feel good to me. It's loud. Right. Um, and then there's like the, the classic debate where, you know, people that say, oh, if you shoot a heavy arrow, it's slow, so the deer's going to jump your string. Um, and then the other side of the debate is, well, if you shoot a heavy arrow, your bow is quiet, so the deer doesn't hear it, so they don't jump the string. If the arrow's really light, then they hear it, and that's why they're jumping the string. So you can, whatever way you spin it, there's always an angle, right? and there's no right answer. You know what I mean? It just depends on where you hunt, how you like to hunt, how you like the bow to feel, um, what your confidence level is. But I would say in general, the, the industry is leaning towards a little bit more weight um, than in the past. And especially like, you know, weight forward. Right. So, you know, having the high FOC, that's, that's kind of, you know, mid-weight shaft with, with heavy inserts and heavy broadheads. Right. Is kind of the trend and, and that's, you can't go wrong with that. That's for sure. Yeah, there's a couple things you actually touched on right now that I want to talk about. The first thing is, is I truly believe that this whole heavyweight arrow game, like the 500 plus, you know, 500, 550 grain stuff, that's coming from social media. That's coming from Joe Rogan. That's coming from Cam Haynes. You see what I'm saying? That's coming from, I don't even know if Dudley's shooting a 500 grain arrow, but it's coming from these social media platforms and stars because when you look at Cam Haynes, that dude, I think he's like 5'6". Right, he's a smaller dude, but that dude is drawing an 80-pound or 90-pound bow, right? Like shooting a 500 grain arrow with a 26-inch draw. You see what I'm saying? So that's why he does that because, I mean, his bow's screaming. He gets all that velocity out of that bow because of the poundage he's shooting, which allows him to shoot a 500 grain. It's probably, it's probably the equivalent of me shooting it at 70 pounds, right, at his 26 right. or 27-inch draw, whatever it is. But that, that's yep. what I'm saying. So I think that that's where that whole super heavy arrow combinations uh, coming from. And then on top of that, as far as like the – um, the FOC, right? Isn't the FOC what's it called? The uh, front of center, right? Front of center, right? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, all that, dude. That I truly believe in that. And then, so that being said, I wanted to actually dive into asking you because you know how they have like weighted knocks. You know, like you can get knocks that are heavier than the standard knock. Mm-hmm. And like, what's the deal with that? If you want all your weight up front or most of your weight up front, so you have that frontal impact just the foc you know what i mean like what's the deal with the weighted knocks i i'm not a i'm not a fan of it um personally i don't i don't use it we do make a an aluminum knock and it's not i would say we don't make it to to give you the advantage of weight in the back of the arrow that's usually not desirable for most setups everyone wants that weight forward right because that having your having your weight forward pushes the balance point of the arrow so you know if you were to just find the just put the arrow on your finger and find where it balances perfectly right there um you know call that like your balance point that's pretty much what you're talking about with foc it's like how much how far forward is that so when you have an arrow that has more weight forward 
and it's stiffer and you're bringing that balance point farther forward, then you're reducing the total flex of the arrow. So it's a little bit complicated, but you know, if the balance point's right in the middle, that's going to flex the most, right? But if you're trying to flex that arrow four or five inches front of that middle point, it's not going to flex as much. It's still going to be in tune with your setup if you've got the right spine and right weight and everything. But it just means from an accuracy standpoint and an energy standpoint, you have less energy loss because there's not so much side-to-side flex. It's right. actually that energy is getting focused straight on. So you're so, saying, so because I have my, I'm actually messing with an arrow right now and I'm balancing it on my finger, right? And I would say that I would say 60% of that arrow is behind the point, right? So like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not middle weight. Like, what do you, what do you suggest I do then? Like so the, you're, I mean, that's, and do you have a point on there? Yeah, I have a field tip on it, 100 grain field yeah. tip. So that's, and you're shooting the regular bat with 100 grain. So you're, I yes, would, sir. I would guess you're probably in like the 12 to 13% FOC range, um, depending on the length of the arrow. Right. So as you add weight to the front of the shaft, that point is going to come further and further forward. Correct. So that's, that's what the whole FOC concept is. Adding an aluminum knock is going to, or a weight in the back or a line of knock, I think is going to work against you getting that weight forward. But the aluminum knocks that we make are, are made really for the guy who's shooting 80 pounds um, or has a really, really high energy setup that wants a more durable knock. It's going to be able to take the abuse a little bit. Right. Um, so personally, don't shoot them. There's, they can be a little bit trickier to tune and if you, if you hit one, and you don't notice it, um, it's going to pinch your string a little bit differently. So yeah. then you're going to have some some issues there as far as consistency coming out of the bow. But, you know, they're definitely a good option for, for the guy who's shooting that just like steamroller bow that, that wants something really durable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm telling you, the, I'm, I can't get away from Babs. I can't do it. They're just, <laughs> just what I like shooting, dude. You know, they always seem to – they always seem to fly perfect for me. They fly, you know, they just, generally speaking, man, they're just a good hardied arrow. I, I don't break them all the time. You know I mean? Obviously, they're arrows. They break, right? But, I mean, shoot. I've been shooting the last dozen I've had. I've been shooting them since January, and I shoot all the time, right? I mean, I'm down. I got seven of them left. But, I mean, I feel like I lost one or two at the shoot. Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys how much I lost. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean. But, but you got to blame Travis for that one. I know. Oh, that, was, dude, that was a tough you shoot. It was my, first, hard, man. It was my yeah. first 3D shoot. I had a blast, but it was definitely a, oh, some man. pokes. That was your first 3D? My first 3D. I've only been shooting, like, I think, going on my third year. First and hardest 3D. Oh, oh yeah. It, but it, probably the most fun. Oh, it was yeah. a blast. Yeah, it those shoots, man. They're uh, the ones he puts on are, are incredible. It was like a tw- it was a twenty eight target shoot. I think eight or nine of them. There was two styles to it. There was the standard course, and then you could pay an extra five bucks and be part of the big dog course. It just extended the distance between the target and the start point, right? So, it, I want to say like eight or nine of those targets were anywhere from seventy to a hundred yards. I mean. They were they were pokes and they were so fun. They were great, you know. It really makes you think twice because he sets those shoots up as uh, more or less like for the hunter. They're not for the target bow shooter, right? They're they're just for the hunter. So they're ethical shots. Like 
you know, when you get past that 60 yard mark, does it make you think twice? I mean, I guarantee you the people that rolled up to those hundred yarders and was like, Oh, I can nail this. Then they lost an arrow. They probably went, Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't, you know, dude, there was a picture of a, exactly. of a buck here locally with an arrow in his back leg and he was running around for a while. And I think that's when those, you know, more difficult shots started coming, coming around over here. Travis, Travis was thinking about that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Make, make uh, people more ethical. Yeah. Shoot, shoot, shoot what you're comfortable with, you know? Yeah, and I'm I'm all about that, man. It's like you got to know what your effective range is, and you can't listen to any of the the personalities on social media that are shooting whatever distance that they feel comfortable. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, ethics is 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 the number one in my book, and just being just being realistic with yourself. You know, even if you're a new hunter, doesn't mean you can't go out and hunt. Uh, it just means that you might want to limit yourself to 20, 30 yards yeah. where you feel comfortable. And then once you get the time and the, and the experience, then you can push that out. And it's just having the 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 self control and the discipline, especially in a place like San Diego, when it's so hard yeah. to even see a deer. Yeah. When you do, and it's a little bit out of your your comfort range, that's on you to close the distance, not try and make a you know a long range shot that that's not going to go well for you or the deer. And it's, you know that's what you want to avoid. Absolutely. But you know all boat hunters are trying to trying to avoid that. So. Definitely, definitely always dig that shoot that, that Travis puts on. I'm super bummed I had I, I missed it this year, but um, I will I will have to do another one. I think he does. Hopefully, he does the broken arrow again because that one's really good for business for victory. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a real good turnout. There's a ton of people. Um, I actually donated a block, and uh, Brian won it. And and Travis was like, "Oh, you want it? No, that ain't gonna happen." You know, and I didn't. I, I told Travis, I said, "Look, I know we're in because we we donated the block, but we also entered the raffle, right?" So I was like, "Look, if I I didn't say Brian, but I was like, if I win this thing, I'm gonna give it to a kid, right? Like, give it to yeah. a kid or somebody that's you know out here, brand new to archery, like all the other dudes out there and gals out there that shoot every day, they got targets at home, and you know what? It to me, it's not about that, right? It's about giving back, so." You know, it actually ended up going to a guy that that uh, I do believe had some kids out there shooting with them, so I was excited about that, and and it's a it's a good thing, man. Well, li- yeah, yeah, man. So, listen, man, we appreciate you coming back on, dude. It was a it was a good podcast. We covered quite a bit. There's a you know quite a good quite a bit of oh, you know what? Before we end it, th- this is one thing I remember this, and before we end it, we actually got to talk about this. Last podcast we did with you, me and Patrick, you had said that the three fletch is pretty much the way victory is going to roll, right? I mean, you guys have tested quite a bit. Like, you know, the the two-inch blazer is pretty much the way you guys are going to go. Is that changed, or are you guys still rolling that? The, as far as three fletches, yeah, that's, that's what we've, from all of our testing, um, not to say that a four fletch doesn't fly well right. and isn't a good option, but the three fletch does the job as good or better than anything else out there. Yeah. Um, in our in our opinion, so we we're still doing three fletch. We've got a few different vein styles right. that we run. So we have Q two I, the fusion shield cut veins on some of our uh, flagship arrows, like the VAP SS has that fusion two point one uh, shield cut vein and. Um, so we're, we're switching up the style of veins on a few arrows, but we're still rolling with the three fletch. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I literally get vaps. I pull them out the box. I get them cut. 
right? <laughs> I, I throw a field point at them and I shoot them and I don't change them. I know tons of guys that shoot VAPs that, that rip the fletchings off or they'll just buy bare shafts and they'll, they'll do their own thing. I mean, Brian's over here. He shoots like four fletches. He loves them. But they, they fly good in the – well, I use a big broadhead, so they – Yeah, they help out. We were testing them out in the wind, and they seemed – I mean, I'm not a pro, you know, bow shooter. Yeah. But uh, from my, you know, summer experience of shooting bows in the wind, the four-fletch – Help you out. Help me out a little bit better. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm not professional, but, you know. Yeah. He, Brian, Brian yeah, shoots – Yeah, I mean, it's – Go for it, bro. Go ahead. No, no, you first. No, I was just going to say, it's, it's so it, – it's really dependent on your setup, too, and your bow, and, like, a lot of bows – if you're shooting something that has a clearance issue, um, then a four fletch can be a really good option because you can a lot of times shoot a slightly smaller profile vein and push the cable guard in and eliminate some of the torque. Um, with with a larger, the larger the vein is, the longer the vein is, the better it's going to stabilize. So you know, adding a vein in that situation with the with the three fletch that that's not quite you know, perfect for your setup or a large six blade broadhead. Sometimes I can do the trick. Um, sometimes just, just shooting a longer vein too, like a three inch. Um, that's what I, I run actually a lot is a, a three inch vein. And it's the same concept, right? If you have a big six blade that's not gearing well and you want to try to shoot something that's, you know, inch and three sixteenths or more, then, then that can be an option. You can go for fletch and go for longer vein. Um, Everything we do is a two and a half degree helical, but sometimes you can even try and throw a little more helical on there if you want. But what uh, broadhead are you running this year for antelope? So for antelope, I got a few few things in the quiver. Um, I'm probably going to shoot an expandable mm-hmm. because it's a pretty antelope's a pretty soft target, so I'm not so worried about um, penetration or, or punching through. I'm shooting 70 pounds, 29 inch draw, so. Uh, I'm going to shoot the dead meat, I think. I've also got some Grim Reaper Micro Hades um, that'll have my quiver fixed blades as well. So I always, I always like shooting fixed blades. Um, but in this, but I had a friend that turned me on to these dead meat and he gave me a few. And I shot one through, a, actually shot one through a whitetail last year in Indiana, and it was, I mean, it was crazy. It was like passed right through, and it was like someone took a, a squirt bottle with the blood and it, I mean, yeah, it, it was so easy to find this year. So, um, for that reason, and just trying to put this antelope down as quick as possible so that we can get the, get the hide off and get it cooled down. That's, that's my approach. Yeah. I just started shooting these, uh, iron wheels. They're, they fly a mate. I've never really shot too much fixed, uh, fixed blades. I shot the muzzy and a, I think the Havilon, Havilon. Yeah. I think that's what it was called. And uh, they were just flying high and right for me, but I went to these uh, iron wheels. My buddy Justin got me all over these. He swears by them, and I'm starting to now. They fly like dead nuts up to, you know, I think we were testing them up to 70 yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they fly pretty well. I'm not going to lie, Devin. I mean, I, I've seen it. I shot it, and I was like, dang, man, they, they do fly good. I just, I don't know. Is that know. a two-blade or? It's the, the double beveled. Yeah, so it's got it's basically a single blade. It's just like an arrowhead, and then it's got these yeah. two Those like bleeders. Yeah, the bleeders on the side. Gotcha. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. And there's actually two sizes. There's they're both 120 grain, 125 grain, but one's a you, smaller one. You can get them in 100 grain and 125. I think they go up to 150. They oh, even really? got like a big game sort of like buffalo oh, and stuff like that oh. series. Yeah. But uh, I got the wide the wide series. I think is inch and a half, and then the uh, oh, the S. 
SN or S series 125s, and they're about an inch and three eighths. Yeah, I think they are. But man, I, I sent one right over the back of uh, this 3D target I'm looking at right now, and it skipped and hit bedrock, and it didn't, you know, still sharp as can be. So, it, you know, I like them. Yeah, I, uh, it's a pretty good deal they got going on. It's basically if you doll them out, you can send them back, and the dude will sharpen them out for free, I do believe. Obviously, you probably have to pay shipping. but It's like a lifetime warranty. Yeah, it's like a lifetime warranty on them. So, I mean, he, if that guy's selling them and believing in them and Brian's going to shoot them, we'll see how they do this year, you know? Hope so. Yeah, yeah we'll, have to, we'll have to touch base. And I'm definitely not loyal to any any broadhead. Um, you know, I've, I've tried a bunch, and I'm still looking for for, for what's, what What's works best, that? and I think a lot of times it depends on what you're shooting. So yeah, you know, do, you just do gotta you, cater it to the to the species and the and the hunt. Do you uh, change broadheads? Uh, you know, when you switch arrows for different different hunts and all that, or it doesn't, do, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, even just like like for whitetail and and mule deer, I'll switch. Um, like if I'm hunting really thick country, sometimes I'll I'll, I'll shoot a, an expandable, um, just because I want I want that blood trail. Right. And uh, if I'm pretty close range, you know, I know I'm a pretty confident in putting a shot on. If I'm shooting, like hunting locally, I'll use a fixed blade because, you know, I'm not going to shoot anything past 50, 60 yards, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to have a little bit more open country. I can see where the deer went a little bit further. And that way in case something happens, deer are pretty spooky out here. So you can, you know, in case it wheels on you and you hit a shoulder, I'll be more confident with that, that arrow punching through than I would with a mechanical. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm I'm running these uh obviously I run run the rage no collars, but John, my old partner, he he turned me on to these severs and man, I love them. They just they look just like a field tip almost, you know, and and they fly exactly like it. It's crazy how the technology's gotten these arrows and in the way that these arrows are designed, the speeds that are coming out of these bows and just how straight shooting you can get these hunks of metal on the end of these arrows shooting, you know, it's, it's, it's insane, you know, very little to no tuning at all. It's crazy to me just to think that you literally can throw this rage on it. And if you look at a rage compared to the sever, you go, man, that's just like a, a hunk of a hunk of steel hanging off that thing. But yet this rage flies just like a, like a field point, you know, it's insane how they fly. It's crazy. It really is like all the advancements and the technology and all the stuff going on in the years. And then you, and then you look back at where it started with a stick and a and a jagged piece of obsidian, and so sometimes it's good to like have every possible advantage that you can get. Um, yeah. And then also remember that that people have been doing it for thousands of years with with primitive tools. So you know it's all about shot placement. It's all about being comfortable with your equipment and 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 you know trusting in it and. At the end of the day, got to get out there and get the job done. Well, without a doubt, man. Well, look here, man. We appreciate you talking to us, dude. It's a, it's a good thing you came back on, dude. I appreciate it. You got anything else you want to add? Good luck, man. Let's let's touch base uh, after we get back from our out of state hunts and um, after some some local season action. And I want I want to see how it's hear how it's going and see if you guys get on those bucks. So absolutely, let's man. Well, I know, man. You too, man. We'll, we'll make sure we do that, bro. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, bro. All right. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, man. We'll talk to you in a little bit. All right. Catch you later.